Come on in, guys, and welcome back to the Sit Out Bench. I'm Matt. And I'm Joe. We're two friends from the Midlands who are absolutely diehard Survivor fans. In today's episode, we're doing a bonus episode where we'll be answering all of our fan mailbag questions. So take your spot on the Sit Out Bench and let's get started. Joe, how are you feeling? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, it's been a fantastic day. It's been a really exciting day, even though it's grey and drizzly in Nottingham. Wow, that was really British. <laughs> I just started a podcast talking about the weather. Um, <laughs> but yeah, life is good. Life is good, especially right now, Matt. You know, content is king. Um, it's that, that season change, I think, when it goes from October to November and all of the really good stuff starts. And, you know, it's on my plate. We had a great UFC card last weekend. Got Power Slap coming up this week. Francis Ngannou and Tyson Fury fight on the weekends, but most importantly, we're just a few days away from Survivor UK. So I feel like it's that weird point, especially for me. NBA season has just kicked off as well, um, so there's loads of good stuff to watch, loads of good stuff happening. Yeah, feeling really, really, really fantastic. How about you? Yeah, I'm feeling great as well. As well as sport, obviously, TV has kicked up massively as well now for. The autumn winter season so it's a load of great stuff to watch there as well so I finally feel like i've got something to do fresh tv to watch not going back through the old stuff and re-watching things so yeah really excited especially for some of uk this weekend and actually although i'm really excited for this weekend i must admit we have to start with a little bit of a gripe in terms of for me we had a really weird and gross experience today um so obviously in nottingham it's half term right now so i'm off with, with my two girls and trying to go for like lots of days out and doing different activities. Um, so we had a really exciting day today where we went first to Nottingham Castle. And we did like all this Robin Hood stuff. And then afterwards, we decided to have lunch at a kitten cafe. <laughs> 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 like a primary level, I'm just like not an animal person, really. You know, I'm not, <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I love, I love someone has a dog. I'll walk their dog and I'll stroke their dog. But like actually animals, they kind of just like gross me out a little bit. Um, and so we're walking to the castle and we see this kitten cafe and they're begging me to go in there my girls they really want a dog and I've recently said no and they're begging me to go to this kitten cafe and so we book it and we go I, I kid you not like for them it was really cool they've sat down and they were watching all these these kittens sort of run around but it was just gross <laughs> it's, really gross. it's to... like on food and drink and tables and stuff this is it, 100%, 100%, right? <laughs> you, you sit down, and it, at first, you just it's like these weird sort of mismatch of armchairs and sofas and everything. And there are just cats running at them. You think, oh, it's cool. We'll just stroke the cat, and then we'll eat some food. But you order, and they bring the food out, and straight away, the cats just like run up to the table, and they try and eat your food and like lick your food and all of this stuff. <laughs> and, and the solution that the staff have come up with, I say solution, I think it's absolutely crap. But what they have is like these nesh nets you're supposed to like put over your food when you're not eating it so a cat can't get to it (laughs) (laughs) but the cats are just there like licking through it (laughs) oh god honestly it made me feel queasy it really did everyone's walking around with like a lint roller like trying to say it was clean because of cleaning their hairs but the worst part so we were sat quite near the window and there was a couple maybe two tables away from us and at one point having sort of smoothies cooing over this cat and then so gross the, the guy lowered his cup to where the cat was and let the cat lick the smoothie maybe about a minute and then he just chugged it back afterwards no oh, it, was, it was grim man that's gross <laughs> and there was just like no sense of this is normal this is not normal like yeah flipping weird <laughs> so i'm the first i love animals but like from a distance <laughs> like, like I do not want to go anywhere near the animals uh, last night I went to my mum's where my childhood cat was she's actually a psychopath she used to like grab your legs and ankles while you're walking down the stairs and like hide lying across them ready to kill you uh, yeah so last night she jumped on my lap sat there just stared at me dead in the eyes for like <laughs> 10 minutes and I was like get off me there we go here are the, the sit out bench we are not feline friendly <laughs> anti-cat cafe <laughs> well anyway enough cat cafe talk let's jump into Survivor UK so there's been some really exciting developments obviously we're just a couple of days away now from the 28th and from the first episode launching um, and there's been some really good stuff happening 
I think first, credit where credit is due. Um, I think we need to shout out the BBC Survivor Twitter accounts. Um, we're not sure what's happened. We think possibly there's been a new hire there because the person that we are dubbing Jalapeno Fingers is sending out <laughs> fire tweets. <laughs> it's gone from absolutely nothing to handing out L's left, right and centre. And we'd love to see it. We'd love to see someone a bit spicy on the Twitter account for the BBC. So credit where that's due. Really, really like that. If you haven't followed them yet, definitely do. It's a really, really good follow to see. Yeah, I really rate the the new person that I've got going on there. Really good tweets, really engaging in everyone and giving the show the promotion that we thought it was lacking previously. 100%. Now, one of the big things that's also happened um, since we've done our last podcast is we got a little bit more information about the release. And originally this came from an article inside of Deadline. But what we found out is that obviously episode one starts on the 28th of October, kicks off at 8.25pm. Previously, we were under the impression that the first episode would be on Saturday and we would then have to wait until Sunday at 8pm to see episode two. And so we've really had kind of this live viewing experience when in reality what Deadline have put out and what we've since confirmed through Twitter with the BBC account is that immediately after episode one airs on Saturday, both episode one and episode two will immediately be available on iPlayer. I've never heard of anything like this happening you know, <laughs> before. Um, and it creates this really, really weird world where either you're going to have to sit down and watch both episodes at once or you're going to be spoiled because there's no way that you know people are going to be able to hold back the tweets, hold back the posts. Really, really strange. Wouldn't you say, Matt? Yeah, so obviously the BBC account said that they're not going to post anything until after the Sunday episode airs, but like everyone else is going to post something. And so if you're watching the show live... Uh, and then you go on Twitter afterwards, you're using hashtag Survivor UK. You're going to see all the things from the second episode that potentially you didn't want to see. So I just think it's a, a very strange strategy, considering how much Survivor hinges on being unspoiled watching the show to gain the maximum amount of enjoyment from it. Obviously, similar issues with the bios, with the trailers. So we don't really know what they're going for there. I know um, I've seen people say that Australian Survivor's a little bit more spoilery with their promotional content. I don't know how true you found that to be. Yeah, I have to admit, with Survivor Australia, I, I had to stop following the hashtag um, because especially here in the UK, you know, you don't see the episodes till they've gone anyway. So so yeah, I, I had to try really hard to avoid the type of podcast that I love to listen to, to avoid the tweets. Um, and it does take away something from the experience, I think. I'm here at the sit-out bench. We're going to try and make sure that we kind of give people as many options as we can. Our current plan is that we are going to watch both episodes on Saturday. So we'll probably be tweeting about both. We'll probably be putting up posts about both. Um, but in all of the content that we put out, we'll try and make sure we do the first post that says spoilers coming or, or try and reference it somewhere in the post. So, you know, obviously we want people to follow. We want people to engage with us but we also want people to have a brilliant experience watching Survivor. And I think it plays a little bit into what the BBC had talked about as well, is that I think in some ways the reason we critiqued them before about not having the same time slot is I think they want the flexibility to see, one, how does this land? Is this going to be popular? Does it deserve the prime time spots? And we really, really hope it does well and it stays there. But also they want the flexibility for the big sporting events that are definitely going to come and they'll kind of push it forwards and backwards kind of based on that. Some of those will be on Saturday, some of those will be on Sunday. But yeah, it makes it an interesting tension for the community. And we, we're really interested to hear your thoughts as fans around, you know, what do you think is the right way to do? How are you going to be consuming these episodes? And the spoilers keep coming, Matt. Um, so you found, or you pointed out something that was really, really interesting inside the TV guide for episode two. Um, yeah. So just if you're listening to this, we'll put inside the show notes a timestamp. Um, so you can forward wind if you don't want to listen to this particular spoiler. Um, but Matt, do you want to talk about what you found inside the TV guide? Yeah, so uh, spoilers in three, two, one. Okay, so in the episode two description on the TV guide, it does say uh, that an injury... I'm not sure what's... Have you got the exact word in there? It says an injury yeah. causes issues for someone or something. So this is the actual wording. It says, an injury puts someone in jeopardy. Who will be the second person voted out of the show? Yeah, so to me that... I mean, I guess people can have a, an injury and it not affects anything, but 
I don't really want to know that much either, to be honest. <laughs> like, I'd much rather they keep it under wraps until transmission of the show. But I just think to even include it in the episode description kind of feels unnecessary. Yeah. And also, like, I guess it's a big moment. It's one of those things where they're like, oh, dangerous TV show crazy like mm. someone's gonna injure themselves watch to find out but i don't know i just i just think don't do it yeah i totally agree you don't need to there are so many exciting aspects about the show that you can kind of focus on and talk to you know you don't need to put that I, I do wonder if it's a little bit of a red herring so we know we saw on the original trailer um i think it's chris who kind of i think he injures or chips one of his teeth and i think it's been confirmed that he chips his tooth while he's out there i do wonder if the injury that puts someone in jeopardy is just kind of a a bit of teeth pain <laughs> you know potentially i also um i saw someone i think it was on rachel's instagram um q a thing that she did someone said were you the person that's lying down the floor with the towel over the head so potentially that's something to do with it as well what we'd love to see and i really like that survivor australia does this and survivor usa doesn't but in survivor australia if you have like an injury or something happen that you know it's kind of through no fault of your own you're allowed almost like this 24-hour grace period. Um, so we saw it really recently um, in Heroes versus Villains, yeah, um, where uh, two contestants um, went over a large obstacle. <laughs> Absolutely crazy that the, the producers got them to do this, like this giant box that they had to roll over and slide into the mud. And they both really hurt their heads. Um, unfortunately, they were able to get sort of a day where they could go to hospital, get the treatment that they needed. And, and then come back. Come back, yeah. And, you know, that, that worked out well for one of the contestants, didn't work out um, for the other one. But that seems really sensible to me. I do hope Survivor UK does something like that, as opposed to US Survivor, where if you get hurt, you know, that's just your game done. So, yeah, jalapeno fingers, we really, really like you. Um, <laughs> but let's let's work on some of the, the spoilers that are maybe still coming out. So. I, I think hopefully there's flexibility in the schedule. I think as a community, if we say, actually, we'd love for this to kind of be live every week, I think they're pretty receptive. They might listen to that. Um, so let's see what happens in the kind of the next eight weeks. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, another thing I wanted to quickly mention, I believe it's been confirmed that it's going to be 34 days as the season length, which is interesting because it's obviously shorter than the the US 39-day mainstay. Obviously, that's now been reduced to 28 days, but still 34 is an interesting number, I think. Yeah, and I think that kind of puts it pretty firmly doesn't it that we think the merge will kind of happen around day 14 day 15 something like that i think i saw um, yeah 35 days without proper food uh, don't sign me up to that diet <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it's i think it's i think it's long enough without stretching it out too far i think i saw that someone said it would mean that it's either a tribal every two days with a final two or potentially they could stretch that out longer if they did a final three i'm still anticipating a final two personally i think that's more likely the format that they'll go with and i think that's the simplest that's the most straightforward way so yeah there we go there are kind of the spoilers that we'll touch on but let's move now like we say this is a bonus episode um, we put out on all of our socials on twitter on x on reddit um, but we really wanted to hear questions from the fans and kind of you know what are the things, the burning things that you wanted to hear from us? I think we were blown away by all of the responses that we got um, and love to see kind of what questions are in your mind. So let's jump right in then um, to first, we'll introduce some questions that we got that were really kind of focused about us and kind of who we are. That sounds quite egotistical. <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's start with that. So we had some awesome questions from Survivor Revived. Um, and if you don't follow him on Twitter, he's a really, really good follow. Um, been covering UK Survivor content since back in the old days. I think very instrumental in building a following, getting this back on TV. So massive shout out to him. Really worth a follow. But his question that he asked was, how do we know each other, Matt? So Joe put a, a casting call for a podcast co-host on the Survivor subreddit. Uh, I answered his post, uh, we met up on a call a couple of times, and uh, yeah, we took it from there, really. Yeah, I think it just kind of speaks to the Survivor community. We both we both obviously love Survivor, but never had a background in podcasts, sort of either of us. This is the first venture um, that we're going through. You've probably heard, hopefully the sound content sounds better from episode one. <laughs> so it's still a great experience for us. Um, but yeah, we when I initially put out the post, there were about four or five people who kind of responded and said they were interested. Um, and had that really nerve-wracking moment of setting up calls with people I'd never met, trying to say, do we want to spend almost every night chatting to each other, talking about our TV show? 
<laughs> but fortunately, when I met Matt, you know, I think something just clicked. I think we have a lot of sort of real good synergies between us. Um, so, yeah, we know each other purely through the gift that is Reddit. Um, and really great to see the kind of survivor community and what that does. It just creates bonds, um, even when, you know, you've never met the person physically or anything like that. Um, I, to be honest, Matt, I think I text you more than I text my mum now. So, <laughs> <laughs> your speed dial one, baby. Survivor Revive also asked another question, just asking more generally, what's our backstories with Survivor? You know, how did we come across the show? What's kind of our interest in it? What, what, what do we really love to see? Yeah, so I um, discovered Survivor through YouTube clips, really. I've always liked reality TV, game shows, that type of thing. So I found some clips of the show, uh, did a bit of digging into it because it looked interesting. And then I actually ended up watching uh, Survivor US season 34 on the internet. Uh, And then from there, I watched 35 onwards live. And then I just went back and watched all the rest of the seasons as well. Do you find it hard being a, I'm always really interested in this part around UK fans, you know, finding those US seasons and kind of engaging them. Do you find it, did you find it hard to kind of get into them and find a place to watch them? Yeah, it is really difficult to find uh, places to watch them. Definitely not illegally, you know. We, we do not advocate for anyone to use any illegal sites to watch. <laughs> Definitely do not advocate for that. However, I will say to, uh, well, I don't know, I assume BBC owned the rights to Survivor in the UK, but get all the international seasons on iPlayer, on anything that you can find, because I think getting them accessible for everyone is really important. I know that um, Tenplay in Australia have announced that UK Survivor is going to be airing there, so obviously that's really great. But in the UK, it's very, very difficult to find any other seasons of Survivor. I think Australian Survivor's on Prime, I think. But besides that, it's near impossible to find anything. And there's a really quick, easy option in there around Paramount+. Plus. I, I was really excited when they launched, because I thought that meant all the Survivor seasons would be available, but none yeah, of them, none of but them. no. <laughs> so my story is a little bit different. So I'm actually one of the lockdown Survivor fans. Um, so lockdown started, and I had very little to do, and I was looking for some sort of escape from rather just having a, a thirty minute walk every day. Um, I found on Amazon Prime uh, Australian Survivor 2016. Uh, as soon as I saw a season, I was really, really hooked. Absolutely loved it. Um, there was something about it for me that I really love. The competition aspect's important to me. I love competition, I love sports, that kind of really drove me to it. Um, but actually what I loved more was kind of this kind of this brutal environment where you could just choose to be ruthless and that was okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think all, always in sort of what I've done professionally, it's kind of that's been an underlying tone, but you can never really say it. And I like yeah. it on Survivor, you could say it. <laughs> you could <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was kind of my, so I went all the way from 2016, all the way through to um, Australian Survivor All-Stars, and then I went back and started watching all of the US seasons as well. So yeah, absolutely love Survivor. Definitely have a real hope to go on the show one day. Um, let's hope there's a season two for that one. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. It's definitely going to do well. I'm going to put it out there. <laughs> the next question came from Edie Gonzalez on Twitter. Uh, or on X. I've got to get used to saying that. He was Xing at us. <laughs> Matt, do you have Speedy Domzales' handle so that people know where to follow? I believe it's at Speedy Domzales. There we go. And you've got a name that unique, easy follow. Um, <laughs> so he asked, he comments two things. One, he talks about kind of our most British item that we saw at the auction. He thinks it's going to be beans on toast. Be- I mean, not going to lie, I would spend all my money on beans on toast <laughs> if I hadn't had it. I do love beans. There's nothing better if you don't know what to have for lunch. Beans on toast. Oh, okay. Man. I think it's grim. I avoid it. Avoid it like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Speedy Gonzalez asks us, what was the first season we saw? Um, and we kind of answered that a little bit and just thinking about kind of our backstories to Spider. So maybe, again, Matt, you know, the first season you saw, but also, what's your favourite season right now? Ooh, okay. So, again, obviously the first season I saw was 34. At the time I thought, you know, it was pretty good, but it's one of the seasons in the US Survivor meta that people don't necessarily like. So I'm interested to re-watch that when I get round to it eventually to see how I feel about it now. Favourite season? Hmm. I'd probably say season 37 
just because it's the best season that I watched along with live. So for me, it is season 37. Not a lot of people like the 30s. That's not usually when you say, what's your favourite season? Late 30s, not usually. um... 37 is a great, great season. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. So for me, and again, won't spoil anything, but I have two seasons. So the first season I watched, obviously, was Australian Survivor 2016. And I have two seasons that I think are tied for my favourite. So the first one is the US season 27, Survivor, Blood versus Water. Iconic, iconic season. Challenges, <laughs> people, characters. Yeah, really, really love, love that one. It's mid for me. Oh, you snake. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a couple of people who I can act you at that are going to change your mind about that one. <laughs> so yeah, for me, that is an all-time season. Absolutely love it. The other one, is the season that just happens, Australian Survivor Season 10, um, Heroes versus Villains, absolutely unbelievable. Some of the best moments I've ever experienced as a fan, like genuine shock or excitement. Uh, yeah, absolutely love that one. And, and again, when we get into kind of some of the spoilery stuff, maybe we can talk about, about why that is. Awesome. Uh, so that's enough about us personally so let's go into a bit more general discussion about survivor obviously starting with the things that have no spoilers involved at all so scott ransom on instagram asked us do we know about leilani's pop star past and the answer was no we did not until you sent us that question and then we immediately got to researching this and what we found was truly incredible so have a listen to Leilani's biggest hit, I believe, peaking at number nineteen in the uh, the charts, which is "Madness Thing." So very nineties, <laughs> so nineties. Um, yeah, so we we reached out to Leilani, and she she confirmed that she did not want this in her bio. <laughs> <laughs> but some of these lines are just iconic, just <laughs> truly two of the best lines I've heard in any pop song. <laughs> what's uh, what's your favourite line from the song now? Uh, it's got to be the curly whirly like. <laughs> Just how hard, like, they really went for the metaphor. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, the line is, when your boyfriend gets home too early and finds you sucking on a curly whirly. (laughs) (laughs) Which which we're assuming is literal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely literal. (laughs) My uh, my personal favourite is um, when your boobies are too small and your boyfriend is too tall. Uh, must be a common combination of issues <laughs> I just love how it shows how like pop music's changed like from the heavy metaphors to now just like outright saying vulgar language throughout the song do you think so? I'm not sure yeah. about that I have a scarring memory so my dad used to drive me to school um, when I grew up in Portsmouth and he loved listening to two songs one was a Lily Allen song and one was a Lady Gaga song yeah, and I can remember driving in school, and my dad just belting out, "I want to take a ride on the disco stick," <laughs> <laughs> and just like he doesn't know what this means, what he's saying. And the other one was like he would always sing, "Oh, it's not fair," and I think you're really mean. <laughs> you know that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <really> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like. It's just a whole different world, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it just goes to show, though, music, I really think this is the thing that connects all this cast together. You know, It really is. Singer-songwriter, two potential rappers, a 
former pop star. Maybe that's the secret to getting on Survivor UK. You need to be musically talented. Yeah, you need to be a musical person. Maybe they're going to like relate it through theming and things. Maybe. <laughs> Put some bongo drums in the camp, see what happens. I really hope there's a musical episode, a musical number, a tribal council musical number it would be truly fantastic. I hope they've got the song and they just play it during all of her confessionals. And they just, just subtly feed it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be the most British thing at the auction is going to be a CD copy of Leilani's <laughs> Madness thing. <laughs> oh, other pods, we are Leilani's quickly becoming favourite for us. Um, absolutely brilliant. Um, if you haven't listened to the song, listen to it. Let's start a movement. Let's get this back on the top 40. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll put the link to the song in the show notes so you can take the we want it number one by the time she leaves the game yeah. <laughs> okay so um, the next not so much a question but uh, Survivor UK over on Reddit asked us to go through some of the Survivor terms that we've been talking about uh, in our other podcasts obviously there's some terms that are big in the survivor community that other people might not necessarily know so we agreed that we thought it'd be a good idea to go through a couple of these terms so the first one is goat joe what do you take from the term goat yeah this is probably the most confusing one um so if you're a big sports person or actually if you're anything usually the goat relates to the greatest of all time so i think basketball i think about the goats i think it's michael jordan um but actually on survivor goat is not the greatest of all the time you do not want to be the goats <laughs> A GOAT is usually a player who's relatively inept, um, either strategically or socially or physically, but usually all three. <laughs> and so the idea is that you would drag the GOATs all the way to the end. And so when you're there at kind of the final tribal council or when the people have been voted out deciding who's going to be the winner of the game, you'll be sat next to a player who's not very good, who doesn't have a lot of moves. And so this GOAT per se um, would be an easy, it would then become an easy choice for the jury to pick you um, as the winner. Um, so, yeah, if you get called the goat of Survivor, um, it's not a great thing. Don't put it on your LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think a, an important distinction to make about the term goat, and I think a, a one that a lot of people often get wrong, even within the Survivor community, is just because someone's reached the end of the game and they don't get any votes at the end, that doesn't necessarily mean that they were a GOAT. Being a GOAT means that you get to a point in the game where you can't possibly win against any other player that's left in the game because of how bad your game has been. At that point, you become the GOAT, the perfect person to drag to the end. Does that mean you are a GOAT, though? My... <laughs> I, um... Do you know what I mean? If you're at the end and your game is so bad <laughs> and no one wants to vote for you, then by, by default, you have become the GOATs. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. But I mean, so like, for example, there's some zero-vote players across Survivor history that ne- didn't necessarily play a bad game. It's just that the other person, say, won unanimously or won by a huge margin. I, th- I think the other person there isn't necessarily a GOAT. It's just that they preferred to vote for the other person. Yeah, strong disagree on that one. <laughs> <laughs> strong disagree. <laughs> so I think there are some people who are definitely more like goats than others. <laughs> but but I think at the end, you either win or you don't. <laughs> there's, no, there's, no, there's no prize for being the first loser. Um, unless you're oh, yeah. a survivor and you get a bigger paycheck. <laughs> you know? but... Yeah, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I suppose there is a prize for being the first loser for US law. Um... My feeling, so for example, say the final five is Doug, Ren, Rach, Sabrina, Lee. So say Doug, Rach and Sabrina end up in the final three and Doug gets three votes rach gets five votes and sabrina gets no votes but if sabrina had gotten with lee to the end then sabrina would have got votes like sabrina's not a goat because she got to the end and she got no votes do you know what i mean so what's the difference i suppose what's the level up from a goat okay so i wouldn't so a goat has to be a pretty terrible player in my book like i think you can be a solid player, but have made a few mistakes along the way, get zero votes, but that doesn't make you a GOAT. For me, I think a GOAT is someone who is just so bad at the game that they've either overplayed, they've gotten themselves into a situation where they just have no path to the end or nobody likes them. For me, that's the GOAT. So that's the person that you take to the end. No one on that jury is going to vote for them under any circumstance because 
they just do not like them that much. Mm. Okay, in uh, in classic sort of parliamentary styles, I think we can shout out division here. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know who you think is right. <laughs> X at us, tag us in your posts on Instagram. Uh, let us know what do you think goat means and let us know who are some goats in smiley history yeah uh the next term that i think we've used in the podcast and i think it's really good to kind of explain it is this idea of confessionals matt you want to jump in on this one yeah so i think reality tv fans would probably uh know this more as a sort of uh, a diary or a diary room segment which is where the contestant speaks to the camera about the things that are happening within the game and it's then cut into the show so it's literally just their perspective on it without other people being around so that we can hear their true feelings on everything that's going on yeah it's a really great way to see who is kind of i don't want to say giving off that main character energy <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, you know who is the edit slanted towards i think we've got to remember you know it is a show there's so much content and the producers will use confessionals as a way to help shape the narrative, to tell the story that they want to tell. And so confessional charts are a really big thing on the survivor community. Um, and so that's both understanding. I really like the distinction between how many confessionals people have given, but also the length of time for those confessionals. Um, I think usually what you see is it's the people who have more time in confessionals. Yeah. They're actually the, the main characters driving the story forward. Yeah, I completely agree. There's a lot of um, talk about how seasons are edited as well. Obviously, Survivor is a show that is filmed in one go, and then the show is edited so that the story makes sense, so that hopefully we get a satisfying winner at the end of the day. So there's a whole community uh, on EDUC where they read into the edit, try and work out who they think is going to win. I do personally love doing a bit of EDUC because I just love a good mystery. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm going to not do that for UK Survivor because I want to go in there unbiased and just be able to enjoy the show. Cool, love it. And I think tied to that, there's also the other term around getting a purple edit. Yes. And so this is kind of comes from um, Kelly Shin from Survivor Paraguay. So despite being in the majority alliance for a long, long time, she was notorious for having an absolutely horrendous edit where we never really heard from her. She never got a lot of confessional time. And essentially, she was kind of written out of the show, um, despite going quite deep. And so hopefully we don't see one of those. I think we've got a really good length of time, you know, hour-long episodes. We should hear from everyone, get a chance to get to know them as characters. Um, but potentially there could be someone who gets a purple edit, which means that we don't really see them on screen or hear them in confessionals. Yeah, and I believe the specific metric for a purple edit refers to them having, on average, less than one confessional per episode that they remain in the game. So I really don't think we're going to see anyone get a purple edit here. I just Across UK TV, I think people generally get a fair edit. So I'd be very surprised if anyone's just left on the cutting room floor. So the next term that we should probably explain is this idea of a pagonging. So this refers to one of the tribes in Survivor history that are basically picked off one by one, because the other tribe has uh, a bigger majority. Now, this is a term that could potentially come up here in the first season of UK Survivor, because the numbers are going to play a huge part into which team becomes dominant, where one team, come the merge, votes off the other tribe one by one. And what we really mean by that is Lanina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Voice Kalatong. laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think the one other... Um, term that maybe we should talk about and this one is probably really really infamous um but is a blind side um good idea feels, feels quite feels quite obvious in a sense but i think you know people who kind of come into the show may not be familiar with that term um but a blind side is what everyone is itching to do what everyone's aiming to do and a blind side is when you vote out somebody who's usually a big threat in the game or a key part of an alliance and you vote them out without them knowing or understanding that they were the target or the plan that evening. Um, so some of the best moments in Survivor are where people have been blindsided and also where they had a horrendous reaction to being blindsided. Yeah. Out of the game. <laughs> Brilliant. So another topic that we wanted to talk about is good boarding seasons for people to start watching on other franchises. So obviously if people are really enjoying Survivor UK, we're going to give a few recommendations as to where they might start watching in terms of US Survivor, in terms of Australian Survivor. So Joe, have you got any picks for this? So again, big AU fan. So I would probably recommend the first season to watch for me personally would be Australian Survivor Champions versus Contenders. Um, I think it's a really, it's got a really good pre-merge. 
sort of quite an exciting post-merge. I think it's got a really nice blend of different characters, different moments, um, and also some really, really exciting gameplay. It's quite a nice season, I think, to kind of get you into it and actually get used to you to the Australian Survivor format. And I think that is much more of a soft entry into Survivor than trying to go for some of the US stuff where it's quite nuanced and quite developed strategically. I think if you are going to go for a US season, then for me, the one to watch is Kagayan. Um, it's a classic, and I think that has a very good entry season for US Survivor. Again, great characters, great gameplay, um, and a really great way to get into understanding what is Survivor um, and some of its nuances. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So the issue with US Survivor is obviously that it started back in 2000 and it's completely changed from what it was then to what it is now. So if you sort of go back and start at the very beginning, you might potentially be, I don't want to say bored because it's still a really interesting season from a legacy standpoint, but it's really not the game that it is now and it's probably not the game that Survivor UK is going to be. A lack of strategy is probably the main area around that but in terms of a good boarding season completely agree Kagoyan is one of the best seasons for that uh David versus Goliath I'd say also potentially or even the current season 45 I haven't found that too much to swallow in terms of strategy so that might be somewhere that you'd want to start as well I think uh the 40s are a bad place to start for me I think it's just at that point, it becomes very... The narrative of all the forces, I think, is is very different from everything that came before it. Yeah. Um, obviously, the one to really avoid is Winners at War. Yeah, you <laughs> don't want to watch that one. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch Winners at War first, Survivor US Season 40, the rest will be rubbish. <laughs> there's, actually, there's so many posts on the Reddit, though, that are like, started watching my first season, Winners at War, and you're just oh. like, why? <laughs> <laughs> You just robbed yourself of 300 hours yeah. of Survivor. <laughs> so what I will say regarding the, the new era of the 40s is it's kind of like Survivor as the UK version probably will be, but with like Mario Kart power blocks placed throughout the game, <laughs> like just completely <laughs> random advantages everywhere. Uh, so be prepared for it to be very wild and confusing. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is, is quite hard with the new sort of seasons 41 plus is that they've really moved away from having themes. So obviously they're in Fiji every year. Yeah. Um, I know that started a little bit in the 30s as well, but, you know, they're in Fiji every year in the same location. There's no sort of title or theme to kind of distinguish it from another Survivor season. And although the narratives are different, there are different characters, I do find they start to bleed into each other. Um, I really liked, like I say, Blood versus Water, Heroes versus Villains, All Stars, even Healers versus Heroes versus Hustlers. You know, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, that division is bonkers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, it made it, it made it, it did, I do think having a theme really makes it something a bit more relatable and kind of gives you a sense of, you know, which tribe do I personally feel an affinity towards rather than just what characters do I like. The AU, obviously, so Australian Survivor, they've had. Themes pretty much all the way, definitely in their recent seasons. They've just announced their 2024 season that's going to launch. The theme is Titans versus Rebels. <laughs> the, the two sides of the coin, obviously, there, Titans or Rebels. You're either one or you're the other. What, uh, what does that mean to you, Matt? What, can you define <laughs> who, who is a Titan and who is a Rebel? So you're either a stacked challenge beast... Or you're like graffiti and on the tribal council set. That's all that says to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, the themes can be a little bit quirky. I think sometimes they're a little bit goofy. Sometimes they're a little bit man-made. But I like them. I, I really do. I, and I hope that UK in the future season... I think it's fine in this first season not to have a title. Yeah. But I would love to see that in season two, three. Um, I think the theme really ties it together well. What's your favourite theme? So I really love All Stars just because I think returning uh, or castaways returning back onto the season, I think always makes it really exciting. So I always really like all stars. I also really, really liked the blood versus water element. And maybe that's a cop out because the U S survivor blood versus water is my favorite. Um, but usually with survivor, you not that you become a different character, but it's very freeing, isn't it? In the way that you can actually go out to the island and you can be whoever 
you want to be and you can hide parts about yourself and also take on elements that you wouldn't normally in real life and some of that yeah. gets stripped away after a while you know you can't play a character for 35 days with these people day in day out for every minute but i loved some of the moments that you get both in australian survivor and on the us survivor where they realized that a loved one has been voted out or they're competing against someone and that that tension between i want to beat you but i also want you to stay in the game yeah i think those are really good made some really good themes blue collar white collar no collar <laughs> the fact that they didn't even call like they had that th- uh, tribe division but then they called the season worlds apart because they knew that even that was too complicated <laughs> for them <laughs> the other one that i think is really good and i don't think it could work in today's um today's world because i think these these divisions probably won't work but brains brawn and beauty I, I was going to say, I think Brains, Brawn, Beauty is like the god tier Survivor Tribe division. I think it would work because, like, you're not necessarily saying someone doesn't have all three by putting them in one category. It's kind of like stereotyping people into each tribe. And I think while that's not vaguely problematic, I think it does lean to a more interesting character development for each of the characters because they're on one tribe, but they can also be this, they can also be that. So I think it could still work. What I always love about the brains, brawn, beauty sort of tribes is is obviously they can't unbalance the tribe so much that one dominates in the challenges. Yeah. And so there's always this guy on the on the brains tribe. <laughs> Stacked. <And>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a super genius, but also he's absolutely ripped. <laughs> and there's also always someone on the brawn tribe that's like, I ride horses or something like something that's not necessarily brawny <laughs> the only sad part is if uh uk survivor season two is brains brawn beauty is then for me personally realizing that i don't fit into any of those three categories <laughs> you can be on the beauty tribe <laughs> <laughs> i'll be the brawn that's not really brawny i'll just say my brain is really big <laughs> but not big enough for the brains <laughs> obviously toy in uh Co-wrong brains, brawn, beauty. He's obviously on the beauty tribe, and they say it's for his inner beauty, which I think is one of the most backhanded compliments ever. Oh, man. lots of people have inner beauty. My mom told me that every day. That's, that's... <laughs> she said that about myself, I should say. <laughs> so we'll move now to our questions that are going to focus a little bit more on some of the international survivors we're also going to be moving to a bit of a kind of a a spoilery discussion around what are some of the things we like and sort of some of the rankings so if you haven't seen all of the survivor series (laughs) AU, US, South Africa um, you know you might want to turn this off or if you don't care keep listening (laughs) yeah to be honest at this point you know probably things are going to be said I, I would still go for it. Still listen, we're not going to spoil too much. Um, but yeah, if, you, if you've if you've booked the next two months off work because you want to watch every single Survivor series before you listen to this podcast, that's fine too. You know, go do that. Come back, listen to this podcast. Let us know what you think. Um, but the first question that we have comes from Survivor Revived, um, who also reached out to us on X and said, "What are our thoughts on the original UK series?" And only right that you take this question, Matt as jalapeno fingers did burn you on x about not watching the original uk seasons yeah i got absolutely destroyed for that so took it to heart obviously tried to watch the first episode today and i just could not get into it whatsoever so the host guy is a bit like a bbc news reader like (laughs) it's the most monotone person i've ever seen in my life uh the theme song is like Ancient Voices, if sung by Christina Aguilera, it's like <laughs> very strange. It just it didn't feel like Survivor at all, and yeah, I just I feel like I'm just not going to watch it. I apologise, but also there's no good quality versions of it, so I just feel like I'm watching pixelated boringness. <laughs> it's just like early Sims. Yeah. <laughs> Early Sims using the shower, that is the, <laughs> the quality. Yeah, I, I agree. So I've watched the first season of Survivor UK. And, and to clarify it, I don't think it's unfair to say, you know, why haven't we watched it? So when it launched in 2001, I was seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't really staying up on a Saturday night to watch 
<laughs> launch cast list. How old were you when it first when it first launched? What year was it? Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Four. Four. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, then you've got no excuse. Nothing was happening for you at four. <laughs> it might have been on the TV. I would never know. <laughs> I might have watched it. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't even go to school that year. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's it's not for me. It's not Survivor. It's like this weird hybrid and I'm a little bit like almost like a Bear Grylls show. A little bit. That is definitely the vibe that I got. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or the other one that it kind of reminds me of a little bit is um, the Island. Um, do you remember Channel Four did the Island and it, it feels much more like that than it does Survivor. And I think the other horrible thing that happens is in the first season. Obviously, everything with. Charlotte the Harlot. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> do you know about this? No, that's an unfortunate nickname for someone to have on television. Though. Well, yeah, honestly. So so the winner was Charlotte, and she went in there um, as a married lady. And, and you know, we, we don't judge, you know, whatever you want to do, that's your choice. But there was another contestant that she became romantically involved with on the show um, to kind of various degrees. And there was stuff that, that was alleged to have happened at the post or the live reunion show as well. Um, and so all of the dominating stories that came out of season one were about Charlotte the Harlot rather than about the show the itself. Great... Yeah. The show itself. And that's just really disappointing, isn't it? I don't think that anyone really has a platform to be able to shame someone about their choices or anything like that. So I think almost that, that tainted a little bit as well of what Survivor could be. Definitely. Um, anything else tried about Survivor UK original? For me, this is uh, this is season one. I, 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 really, yeah. I really dislike when people are saying this is a reboot or it's a season three. It's not. Let's just forget those other two existed. Wipe them from our memory. This is season one coming up in 2023. Yeah, completely agree. Okay, then let's go on then to rank. So we were asked to rank by Survivor Revived um, the three franchises. Um, so US, Australian Survivor, and South Africa. Obviously, there are lots of franchises of Survivor, but those are kind of the three main ones. So for you, Matt, how do you rank US, AU, and SA? Uh, I think it would be in that order for now. Obviously, I haven't seen all of Australian, but from what I was aware, the first season is okay. I mean, for me, the first season is starts off all right, gets kind of really boring in the middle. Iconic winner, but beside that, like, there's not much else to say about it. But I did start watching season two, and that was meant to be much better. Season three, the same. But I think the editing started to have problems in the later seasons. I know um, Blood versus Water, the Australian version, is regarded as one of the worst seasons of Survivor, straight up across all franchises. So I think it has its highs and lows. Um, South Africa, I actually watched the premiere of South Africa Champions today in uh, preparation for this podcast. Um, I was hoping it would give me a good feel for the show and for the host as well. But there wasn't actually a tribal council in the episode. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was all right. It was The whole episode was basically the marooning challenge. And then there was like five minutes of camp life and then an immunity challenge. And then the episode ended there. So it kind of didn't give me what I was hoping to get out of it. But I'm going to keep watching it. I, I think like we need to have a, a varied knowledge on the podcast. So I'm going to try and play through a bit of the South Africa stuff just so we've got a bit of a knowledge there. But obviously for me, US is the one I've seen all of, the first one I watched. Uh, for me, it's the best one. Well, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> So here's what we agree on. I think, unfortunately for me, Survivor South Africa out of those three is the worst one. I, I don't really resonate with Nico as kind of a host. I don't, the game feels a lot more serious to me. Um, and and that, that kind of doesn't attract me personally to it. So South Africa is probably, although it has some, some moments, I think that for me is kind of the worst, the worst out of three. So then I start looking at US versus Australia. And I think which ones have the highest highs and which ones have the lowest lows. <laughs> yeah. And Australian Survivor, Blood versus Water was not great. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that on the chin, you know. And as much as, as Mark and Samantha kind of ran away with it, you know, for me, it, it wasn't great. However, the lows, I think, have been shallower. Yeah. Um, Australian Survivor. And I think the highs have been higher. So I think on Australian Survivor, Heroes versus Villain you have the best tribal council in Survivor history. Yeah, I have watched that and I would agree with that. It's mind-blowing. And it's, it's partly because I think Jonathan lets them have a bit more freedom with it. 
you know, um, he's more of a host, less of a producer, which yeah. I think is really important. So the highs are just so high. Um, whereas with the US, I think they're more consistent. Um, there's some very, very, very low lows in the US. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have US Survivor seconds, but on top I have Australian Survivor. I think that's the best Survivor franchise, particularly in light of what's happened with the 40s. I think if you look at the last five seasons of the US Survivor, look at the five seasons of Australian Survivor, I think Australian Survivor is really, really surpassing what the US Survivor is doing right now. Um, so for me, it's AU1, US2, and South Africa 3. Cool. And Survivor Revived also asked us to rank the hosts. So where would you have each of the hosts? So on this one, I probably would flip again. <laughs> Nico, unfortunately, is at the bottom for me. Um, I think Jonathan is a really good number two. I really love his hosting. Like I say, I love that he gives people a bit more of the freedom. He gives people a bit more banter. He definitely looks the part. <laughs> so yeah, he, he definitely feels really good. And with Jeff, I really love pre-40 Jeff. Yeah. Where he's, where he's sassy and he's rude and he's get back in the game, brother. You can still got this, you know, <laughs> that kind of... I, I really like it when he's being a little bit cheeky to them, a little bit, not rude, but rude. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it was blatantly rude. <laughs> and, you know, there are times he goes too far, but um, for the most part, I hope Jeff gets back to that, that, that sort of sassy Jeff. And that is probably my favourite YouTube clip compilation. Um, the sassy, yeah, the sassy yeah. Jeff compilation is great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, iconic, iconic. So yeah, give me Jeff 1, Jonathan 2, Nico 3. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with that. Um, I was finding it quite surprising watching Nico for the first time today. Like, I didn't hate him at all. He had a very chill vibe in a way that... So, like, Jonathan and Jeff both have this commanding presence, Mm. whereas Nico's just, like, just some dude on the island kind of thing. Uh, So I'm interested to see how that develops. Jonathan, obviously, he's just very good, very professional. I like how he, he has more of a chill rapport with the contestants than Jeff does. And then obviously, I'd put Jeff first. So there's a lot of things, particularly, I mean, 41 is like horrendous, Jeff. Like, get off my TV screen, Jeff. But like, <laughs> I think you can't deny the, the history that he's had with the show and just how he's helped produce it over the years. I think we are starting to see... The slight return of Sassy Jeff this season. I think a lot of comments have been taken on board with 45, and I think that's probably one of them, and he's allowing himself to be a bit meaner. But yeah, that's where I'd go. I'd go Jeff, Jonathan, Nico. Yeah, and I think it just swung too far the other way, didn't it? It swung too far into kind of this niceness and rah-rah, we're all together. Um, it needs to swing back the other way. So our final submitted question, BBC Clips 1 on Twitter slash X, asks, who should have been the winner of Survivor Samoa? So in my mind, the winner of Survivor Samoa was Russell. (laughs) Natalie Whiten has never won Survivor. (laughs) And I think that's fair. I I think he got done so dirty. And I understand the social aspect is part of the game. You have to manage the jury. That's important. But game should respect game. And he just dominated and he changed the way that Survivor was played, will forever be played. He's a dick. <laughs> you can't get away from that. He's not a nice guy. But you don't have to be a nice guy to win Survivor. And I think actually it set him up really dirty in a sense that he went straight on from Survivor Samoa straight into Heroes versus Villains. Because I think if he had a break in between and he realised I hadn't won, yeah, I'm now going to the next season... And he could have changed some things and tweaked some things. And I think he would have won if it wasn't back-to-back. But in his mind, I think he thought, I've won Samoa. I'm going straight into the next season before I've seen anything. I can just play exactly the same game. And I think it just set him up to do badly in any Survivor competitions in the future. But for me, he deserved that win. I thought that was a real, real robbery. So... I couldn't agree more with 50% of what you said, and I couldn't disagree more with the other 50% of what you said. <laughs> so I think Natalie is absolutely the correct winner of Samoa. I mean, first of all, the edit did her completely dirty. Like, they literally don't show anything that she does on the season. <laughs> so, like, it, it's Survivor's own fault for the reaction that was had to that season, because <laughs> what are you meant to do when you're not showing anything that the winner actually does on the season? But I think it just just comes down to the social game being king and jury management being the crux of how to win Survivor. And I think if Russell 
had just been slightly nicer to people, (laughs) he could have easily won the game. (laughs) And I think also Natalie's underrated in some of the strategies that she does. Um, So at the merge, when she convinces Galoo to turn on Eric and starts getting the numbers back for the Foa-Foa-Four, all that tribe on Galoo really like her as well. Uh, They all form bonds with her. She forms bonds with them. And at the end of the day, she knows that that's going to get the win over Russell. So I do think that Natalie White is the correct winner. With Russell, I'm in two minds for it. So in Heroes versus Villains, I don't think he's ever winning that game. Partially through how biased the heroes were to their own heroes, but also because I just think he played too villainously and with too much disregard for the others. But I think in Samoa, he could easily win that game by just making a few tweaks to how he treated other people and his jury management as well. So I think Russell's a worthy runner-up there. So yeah, that's my thoughts on Samoa. I think it plays a little bit, isn't it, into kind of how you weight those three elements of kind of that that social, strategic... And I know you've said before you think social is kind of 50% of... Yeah of what it should be i suppose i i have that strategy part as number one i think if you win and you win dirty a win's a win in survivor anyway not in yeah. life <laughs> to my children who grow up and listen to this a win is not a win if you play dirty <laughs> i mean i would agree and i think the key there is playing dirty in a way that people can respect your game as opposed to playing dirty in a way that makes people hate you i, I do think it's brilliant though and maybe this isn't one you've seen but in Australian Survivor, champions versus contenders. I think he does like this this full... So Russell Hans is on that, that yeah. season. He does this full villain twist. And it just goes too far where he starts... He takes a wedding ring and he starts giving it to people and saying, like, I promise on this wedding <laughs> ring <laughs> that I will not vote you out. And, like, he goes just too far. Like, yeah. way, way too far. It's like this point where almost he is the cartoonish evil person sort of rubbing his hands together with glee. And he's the first vote. Yeah. <laughs> and a well-deserved first vote in that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's really sad, though, that he never came back and wins a war, that he's not involved in the same way that a lot of people are because he's not seen as a winner. It comes down to how you view it, I suppose. And I know lots of people see the game very differently, um, and that's okay. Definitely. So I just want to cycle back around to favourite seasons. Is there anything you want to say about favourite seasons now that you can talk fully spoilery. So I'd love to just touch on um, Australian Survivor 2016 and again I think this goes back into why I absolutely love Survivor and got into it and particularly that final end game. Um, so the last the last episode you have three contestants left. So you have Elle, you have Lee and you have Christy. Um, and Lee and Elle were really close, they ended up dating after the show and it was really clear that everyone liked them and that they were going to win. Or at least that's the perception. The perception is if these people get there, they are easily going to win um, and just kind of smash it. They have the iconic hand on the hide arsenal challenge with some really fantastic character moments. You know, that picture when Elle falls and Chrissy's there saying to Lee, if you step off, I'll take you, I'll take you. I just want to win this challenge. I want to say I want a challenge, but I'll take you to the end and you'll beat me. One, really emotive, absolutely yeah. loved it, pulls on my heartstrings and, and really brilliant. And eventually Lee falls, Christy wins, she follows through on that promise and she takes Lee. But I think she has one of the most remarkable final trial accounts. Oh, yeah. Everyone thinks she's going to lose and she's able to give these great responses to every question. She's able to sell a narrative. And so I know Nick Idanza after the season has said, when he's watched it back, He's actually thought a lot of the things she said weren't true. <laughs> but she was able to create this moment and this movement in all of them where they just agreed with her. And ultimately, she ends up thrashingly in terms of the final jury votes and becoming that first sole survivor um, for Australia. Um, and that is just, that was so iconic for me as a fan, watching that, to see how she could describe a game and how she could move people to get them onto her side. Even when all the odds were against her, it looked like she was going to be easy out. Um, for me, yeah, I think that just talks to me about why I love Survivor so much and why I love that particular season of Australian Survivor. Yeah, uh, Christie's Travel Council is up there with me with like Todd, Marianne, Chris Doherty, like these people that really clinched the game in the final Tribal Council. It's just so impressive what she's able to do. And like, you don't even need to have played the best game. You just need to be able to bull crap your way to making people believe that you played the best game. I and mean, I think that's just what's so impressive about it. 
definitely. I agree. Oh, this has got me so excited. Absolutely love Survivor. Um, and I think UK Survivor is easily going to outstrip South Africa, Australia and US. It's going to be the best version. We know it is. Yeah, this is going to be the season that kickstarts the international competition where people say, do we think we can beat the Brits? And we all shake our heads. And say, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, any final thoughts you wanted to say? Uh, yeah, just we're really excited for the season thanks everyone for all the brilliant questions thanks for interacting with us on our socials uh, obviously follow us on instagram and x if you're not already we'll be back soon when the season starts uh, looking forward to getting into the first couple of episodes going forward we're going to be releasing a weekly episode probably every tuesday afternoon tuesday evening that's going to cover both our reactions and thoughts from the two episodes that air on Saturday and Sunday. We'll also release bonus episodes on either Thursday or Friday afternoon or evening, um, responding to fan questions and hopefully bringing on guests and former Survivor players, talking to them about how they're feeling about Survivor UK. Um, so as of today, we're number 15 in the TV and film charts. Um, and that's been an absolutely wicked achievement. And the whole reason that's happened is for you guys. The best thing you can do to support the pod is obviously to follow us. Um, to send the podcast to people you know people who would really enjoy Survivor and let's really grow this community and have lots of fun while we do it for us that's everything so we'll see you next time thanks very much guys excited to start the season see you soon